0: So welcome back to the On the Ball podcast. We are back, and um, to start things off, congratulations to the Toronto Raptors. They have won the NBA Finals. They won it last week. Uh, won the NBA championship in six games. Congratulations, and Kawhi Leonard won MVP. It was a great series, really enjoyable. Um, very different from past seasons where the Warriors have been have just been running through the league. So congrats to the Raptors for dethroning the Warriors. I mean, it was a great series. Uh, really, really fun. Um, I want to talk about Game Six. Game Six was a fantastic game. Game Five and Game Six both were extremely, extremely enjoyable. Very fun. Great endings down to the wire. In Game Six, Curry was not good. I'm gonna start talking. I'm gonna start off talking about the Warriors. Steph Curry was just not very good in Game Six. He only had twenty one points, I believe. I'm pulling it up right now. Um, and that that just comes as a result of the Raptors just and like, their whole entire defense focuses on Steph Curry. Um, they have for the entire finals and they just are not letting Curry do anything offensively. They're not gonna let him get an open shot ever. Um, like they seriously would rather have they'll they'll let Clay Thompson um go off for sixty rather than Curry have thirty or rather than Curry have like five open three pointers. I th- I think I think Nick Nurse would literally rather um kill himself than let Curry have one open jump shot in a game. Um and the Raptors just played phenomenal defense on him. Here's Curry Stalin. Twenty one points, seven assists, three rebounds, he shot six to seventeen from the field, three for eleven from the three point line. So he was not really good listen get his turnovers three turnovers as well, and a negative, in a minus one plus minus um, One dude that did step up was clay thompson. He had 30 uh, Shot 8 for 12 from the field four of six from the three-point line, and he also had five rebounds to go along with just 30 points He was spectacular um, Before he went down with the injury kevin looney six points four assists three rebounds shot three of seven It could have been better, but you know um he did a solid job. Iggy was really, really good. 22 points, um, 9 of 15 shooting from the field, 3 of 6 from three point range. That is fantastic. Um, he was really good in game six, and his 22 points is one of the biggest reasons the Warriors um, were able to compete after Clay went down with his injury. Because once Clay went down, Curry has like no help really. Um, obviously, Draymond's a great player, but offensively, Draymond. It's very good he can't really create his own shot. He's not a great shooter. Um, so he's not really reliable off on offense uh, But Iggy having 22 points was huge for the Warriors Draymond uh, Green had 11 points 19 rebounds 13 assists a triple double 5 10 from the from the field uh, Only one of four from the 3 point line. He was awesome 19 rebounds 13 assists That's crazy um, So he was fantastic and then off the bench. No one really did anything uh, Demarcus Cousins, he was good, twelve points, five rebounds to assist. So he probably he, he came alive a little bit in game six. Um Andrew Bogan did nothing, like really nobody did anything. so Surpri- unsurprised Quinn Cook was not very good. Um and then Jordan Bell and is that uh, who I forgot. Uh, Evans. He didn't play. So the Warriors they just they gave him to the game without Durant obviously. So they had Clay Curry, Draymond, Iggy and Cousins. That's really their their core five right now. And then they had Sean Wilson coming off the bench, Quinn Cook, um Looney. I mean they had they really only had six six or seven guys that they that they could put on the floor at one time or that they could put on the floor and really rely on. Um the five I named then like Looney. Um who else? I don't think anybody else. Um, and then only one of those can create their own shot, and that's Steph Curry. He's the only, only player they had that can create their own shots, so and they were screwed um, once Clay went down. And that injury by Clay was terrible, but it was a, it was an incredible moment because after he went hurt, you know, he went into the locker room or he went into the hallway. He was walking back, and the rule is that if um, a player gets injured and they don't like, if Clay would have left. Went into the locker room, notched on his free throws, he could not have come back into the game. So he came back, made his two free throws, went back on defense, and he uh, reportedly he actually told Steve Kerr. Um, he was like, give me a two minute rest, and I'll be fine. Which is insane. Um, for him having a torn ACL, and still wanting to play, and he probably would have played. Uh, but you know, the, but his injury was just <laughs> like A torn ACL is nothing to play with. So obviously he had to Um, He had to get out sit out go to the locker room get x-rays and get kicked out a little bit But you know he had 30 points in the minutes. He did play. He was fantastic He was really really reliable and he's been reliable for the past two playoff runs. Um, he's been really just fantastic for the Warriors and Really coming from he's come a long way from 2015 because I remember in 2015 He was terrible in the NBA Finals that year. Wasn't good at all, really. And, I mean, from 2016 to 2018 now, to where we are now, he's been just absolutely fantastic. He's become an all-time great, not just an all-time great shooter, just an all-time great player. Um, One of the best playoff performers that we've seen in recent memory. Um, He's he's become Game 6 Clay for his performances in Game 6s. Um, he steps it up. He steps up his game in the elimination games, and, he, and it just really sucks to see Clay Thompson go down like that because he is just um, such a lovable player he, it, It's not hard to love Clay Thompson. Uh, he doesn't he's not boasting on the court um, He's really humble. I mean he's, he's willing to take a backseat and He's always reliable. He's always coming through in big games um, and he just it sucks to see Klay Thompson being the one that got, that had the, that got injured um, Because he's so likable um, And his injury it, it really causes some issues with the Warriors in terms of free agency coming up Which I'll talk about later But um, now let's talk about Steph Curry and the final few minutes. So in the few minutes the final few minutes The Raptors were up They turned the ball over so Danny Green, I believe it's Danny Green he, the Warriors are pressing. Danny Green has the ball. He passes it, throws it up to Pascal Siakam up court, but it's a terrible pass. Goes over Siakam's head, and with nine seconds left, the Warriors are down two points. This is a prime. This is like the best. Like Curry is in prime position to come up big here and either tie the game up for the Warriors, put it and take the game to overtime, or hit a free. And take the lead and possibly force the series to go seven games. And of course, he gets the ball on the inbound. He is wide open, and I love Steph Curry. I'm probably his biggest fan. But there, like time and time again, Curry just comes up short in the NBA Finals. I mean, I know he's one of the best player performers of all time. He's he is clutch. Um, but there's just, in, in the finals, he's had a track record of just not coming through in the clutch. Whenever, when it matters most, Curry has a track record of just not coming through and just really crumbling and falling apart in big time print and like, when there's lots of pressure on him. He doesn't come through. Um, and right here, he's really, really open. This is probably the most open he's been in the fourth quarter of any game this series. He's wide open. It's a moving shot. It's not an easy shot. But man, he's open and he knocks these down like it's nothing. A lot of the time. And there's there's so many times where he takes these kind of shots. No hesitation. And he's dropping them. Um right here he's open. Game six, the elimination game, and he breaks it. And I'm just like, bro, this would have been huge for Seth Curry and his legacy. This could have boosted him a lot. If he's with the force or take the series to a Game 7 and win the championship, like, he's easily a top-12 player and, like, really, really on the on the cusp of being a top-10 player of all time. But it was really disappointing to see how Game 6 ended with Steph Curry not being able to put the words over the top. But, you know, I mean, Curry had a lot of responsibility in this series with Durant and Clay getting injured. And it, I mean, he just... He was tired, he was exhausted, and it's tough. Um, LeBron had to do the same thing in 2015. It's hard to do, um, so I understand why he didn't perform that well. Uh, and, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's tough single-handedly leading a team when you're the only person on a team that can create your own shot. It's tough, and it's hard to succeed. It's why LeBron James, like I said, lost in 2015 in six games. It's why he lost in 2018. He just didn't have enough help. Um, and Curry, although Curry had a little bit more help than LeBron, or probably not a little bit more, had a lot more help than LeBron did last year. Curry just didn't have anybody that could create their own shot, really, once Clay went down and KD went down. Um, so, it was, it was just tough to see Curry go through what he had to go through in this series. Moving on to the Toronto Raptors. Um, game 6, Kawhi... Um, you know, let's start off with Kyle Lowry. Let's start off with Kyle Lowry because he was fantastic um, in this game. Um, I believe mean, he had he had twenty one in the first half. I believe Um that's is that right? Oh, I kind of actually forgot. Um, they started off the Warriors were, started off down eight nothing. Kyle Lowry was killing it, and I believe he had twenty. I believe Kyle Lowry had twenty one points um, at halftime. I may be wrong about that, uh, but I mean he was fantastic. Twenty six points, ten assists, seven rebounds, nine a sixteen from shooting from the field, four or seven from the football throw line. He was just spectacular. Uh, and I'm not a huge fan of Kyle Lowry, but in this series he's been he's been pretty solid. He's been good. Um, he stepped up his game in this series, and I commit and I'm committing for that. He's been really really good in this series. Siakam was good as well with twenty six points. 10 rebounds, 3 assists, 10 of 17 shooting from the field, 3 of 6 from the three-point line. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard was pretty quiet, scoring wise, um, but he had a whole lot of help in this game. Like he, there, the besides Kawhi Leonard, the Raptors had three guys, four guys score 15 or more points, um, which was absolutely spectacular. Fred VanVleet with 22 points, Abaka with 15. Lowry with 26, and Seattle with 26. So Leonard um, and the Ra- the Raptors just they came to play. They came to win this game. They really stepped it up. Arkansas was really really bad. Um, we did have nine rebounds and four assists, but shot 0 of five from the field. That's really really bad. Uh, Danny Green was disappointing. Norman Powell in 11 minutes didn't really do anything. Didn't have a huge impact. But um, yeah, Lowry was phenomenal. In this game really stepped it up Siakam was good as well I um, mean I think the story of the game is Fred Van Vliet, and Fred VanVleet Fred Van Vliet has been just nothing short of spectacular in this series um, he I mean he was so he's been he was so good in the finals this year um, the way he defended Steph Curry and the way he shot the ball um, he was tremendous shooting from three-point range and he really made it tough for Curry. Uh, he gave him no breathing room. Made it tough for him to get open. Um, he like Curry had no open shots because Fred VanVleet was playing so physically. Um, and he was just spectacular. Shot five of eleven from three point from the three point line in this game. Incredible. He was spectacular in the fourth quarter. Um, really hit some big shots. And, and Kawhi Leonard won Finals MVP. But he was one vote away from being unanimously voted for Finals MVP, and um, uh, who, Hubie Brown voted for Fred VanVleet, and in all honesty, I personally would have voted Fred VanVleet for Finals MVP. I think he deserved it. Kawhi Leonard was really good in this series, and I take nothing away from him. He was really good, but Fred VanVleet, with the way he defended Steph Curry, and the way that he shot them all, he was just excellent. In this series and I think uh, the way with the way he stepped it up I wouldn't get given him the finals MVP award uh, but I do understand why Kawhi Leonard won the award um, and I mean that's really all I have to say I'm not gonna put an asterisk on this series because in my opinion injuries happen like every single year injuries happen um, you, you just gotta fight through them um, it's a part of the game in every single sport so a lot of people are like, "Well, um, this doesn't count because the Warriors have all these guys injured, and in 2015 it didn't count because Kyrie kept no, no injuries happened. Um, you just like you just gotta fight through it, like I said. So I don't think um there to be any asterisks on this series. The Raptors was just a really well built team, um, and the Warriors had some flaws. The Warriors didn't have a whole lot of depth because they're so top heavy." They have a lot of money tied up into Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry, and when you have all three of those guys and you're paying them as much money as they are, you're not going to be able to have the funds necessary to to build a nice bench and provide this team with the depth that they'll need if someone goes down. So they built this team, um, you know, not expecting anybody to get injured. And that happened, and this team was just um, their bench wasn't good enough to handle all the injuries to Clay Thompson and Durant. And this that's not a that's not I'm not saying that to slight Bob Myers and the job he's done with this team. This team was incredible. Um, like there's no way he could have planned for these injuries to happen. I'm not saying that he was wrong in signing Durant, and I'm not saying that he didn't do a good enough job of. Uh, giving this team a good enough bench. It's just that's the way things work when you pay Curry Durant Thompson Draymond when you're playing and Egan when you're paying them all the money they're paying them They just don't have they didn't have the necessary funds to build uh, to you know give this team enough depth and to Have a good enough bench for the Warriors to be able to succeed if one of their guys went down um, well, you know, the Raptors are really well built. They have a whole bunch of guys that can create their own shot. Mark Gasol was really good in this series. Um, there were times where he was just, you know, non-existent, but he shot the ball really well. Fred VanVleet was spectacular. Siakam, um, he, he really stepped his game up in this series. I thought against the Philadelphia 76ers, there were times where he just didn't look ready to perform in the playoffs, but he really stepped his game up in the NBA Finals. I thought he was spectacular. Kyle Lowry stepped up his game. Danny Green hit a bunch of tough tough shots. Um, Jeremy Lin did nothing, but he finally won a ring, so he has more rings than Charles Barkley, Carl uh, Malone, Patrick Ewing. I mean, he's got a lot. He's got more rings than um, and <laughs> then a, a lot of uh, all-time greats. Patrick McCall repeated himself. Uh, he won two rings with the Warriors, and now he's won a Thursday ring with the Toronto Raptors, which is really funny There's a lot of memes about Jeremy Lin and Patrick McCall. Like, I saw a highlight Tape of Jeremy Lin, a 2019 NBA Finals highlight tape, and that was really funny uh, But yeah, congrats to the Toronto Raptors Then moving on. I want to talk about the Anthony Davis trade, so um, This went down not yesterday. I think it was the day before Saturday night the uh, Los Angeles Lakers and the Pelicans agreed to a trade. The Lakers would get Anthony Davis, and the Pelicans get Lonzo Ball, uh, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, the number four pick this year, and three first-round picks. Uh, three future first-round picks. Uh, my, initial, my initial thoughts were that the Lakers uh, won the trade. I think it's a, a good trade for both sides. I think the Lakers won the trade. Um, that was my initial thoughts. Now that I've thought about it and I've seen the picks that the Lakers gave up, um, I have some suspicions that I have there's some things I don't like about this trade. Um, but I love the fact that the Lakers got Anthony Davis and they didn't have to give up Kyle Kuzma or take on a bad contract. Now, what I don't like is that the Lakers gave up and kept Kuzma, but they gave up unprotected first-round picks In 2023 and 2025 Um, I don't like that Uh, in my opinion I thought I think they should have took on Solomon Hill's contract and kept those two picks or at least just make them protective my god like LeBron James probably gonna be retired in 2025 and if the Lakers suck and there's some all-worldly talent in that draft and they can't get them because they traded that pick you know it's gonna suck I was really surprised that David Griffin um, was able to get all those picks. Because he got a lot of picks. He got the number four pick. He got the unprotected picks in 2023 and 2025. Uh, They have some uh, swaps for other years. So, I like what he was able to do. I mean, that's a lot for Anthony Davis. Um, And I saw on Twitter earlier, right before I started this podcast... Um, apparently, the Pelicans and the Wizards are in talks to possibly make a trade, uh, for Bradley Beal. So, that will be very, very interesting. Um, if they're able to make that deal done, the Pelicans will have Lonzo Ball, Bradley Beal. Um, who else? Uh, Brandon Ingram. Uh, so the number one pick, which I assume will be Zion Williamson the number 4 pick, Josh Hart, and they'll be able to do some, oh uh, Drew Holiday, and then they'll be able to do some things for agency so they got a nice um, young roster, and I mean, I, I like what they did with this trade, I thought, um, if they would have been able to trade Anthony, Anthony Davis for like Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier, a few picks, and then maybe Smart, I think I would have liked that deal better, uh, but I like what they did with getting the draft picks and not not getting Kyle Kuzma. I really, really like uh, the future first round picks the Pelicans got. Um, Now, the Lakers got the best player out of this trade, and usually uh, the team that got the best player wins, Um, and I I give the W to the Lakers in this trade, but um, they gave up a lot. Um, in terms of the draft picks in 2023 and 2025, I just don't like, um, that they, that they didn't, that they didn't give up Kuzma, and instead decided to give up two first round picks, unprotected that far away. This is a really short-sighted trade, and if the Lakers, um, sign another Max player, um, and they don't win a championship, then it's gonna be really, really tough, um, and this trade will have been a failure. They only, if like, say they only only win one championship after this trade, I'll be really disappointed, um, and I'll be just shocked. But anyway, um, yeah, I like this trade for both teams. I like what the Pelicans got. I like the young core they have now. Um, they got a lot of assets they can move around. Um, and and I like I like what di- the direction they're going in. Um, in the future. Now, I want to talk about. Um, Possible free agents or free agency a little bit Um, Kawhi Leonard I want to talk about Kawhi Leonard um, and the Golden State Warriors and Right now Kawhi Leonard my guess is I mean apparently Chris Carter said that he was going to talk to five teams the Knicks the Raptors the Nets the Clippers and the Lakers Um, out of those five teams my I guess my guess is that he's going to the Clippers um, I don't think he's gonna stay in Toronto. Um, I think the Clippers will be. I, I would assume that he'd go to the Clippers. My second guess would be that he would go to Toronto. My third guess is that he would go to the Nets. My and then I'd say like the Knicks and then the Lakers last. I don't think he wants to be. I don't. I don't think he wants to have a, take a back seat to LeBron, um, which a lot of people don't, and that's why the Lakers or any team that LeBron has been on has not gotten a big free agent in a a while, and it's because of that. Um, because it's hard to play with LeBron because he's so ball dominant, and he, uh, and he requires so much control of the franchise, and and he's got so much control of the offense, um, and it's really, really hard, uh, for guys to play with, to play with him, uh, because they gotta be a little bit selfish when playing with LeBron. So, I assume that he'll go to the Clippers. Um, that would be my guess. Obviously, uh, with uh, Kyrie, assuming, uh, assuming, assumingly, I'm gonna go with with Kyrie Irving probably going to the Nets. Um, I think that puts the Nets high on the list for uh, for Kawhi. Uh, but I still think with the great roster that Toronto has, and with them just winning the championship, um, I think they got a really a, a good chance of signing Kawhi. But I think Kawhi wants to go to LA. Um, uh, and if he goes to L.A., I think the Clippers are a good, a good, a good spot for him. Um, uh, yeah, my guess would be that he either goes, stays with the Raptors, signs on, like, a one-year, maybe a two-year deal with a player option after the first year, maybe just a one-year contract. Um, uh, yeah, that's my guess. Obviously, we got Kyrie going to the Nets, and, uh, reportedly the Nets are most likely going to, uh, not bring back D'Angelo Russell if he, um, if Kyrie signs with the Nets, which I think is smart. Um, if they bring Kyrie Irving on, if they uh, sign him, I don't think they should re-sign Angelo Russell. Um, because I don't think they'll be a good fit. Um, they'll be a tear I just Kyrie Irving is a terrible is not a ter- he's a, he's not a good leader. Um, and I think it's hard for him, um, to really show the spotlight and it's hard for him to deal with these young players and he real and he learned that this year. He learned it the hard way. Um and the Celt- with, with him with this year with the Celtics, he really struggled um to play with the young guys that they have in the young core. Um and so with him going to the Nets, it, I don't think he and Russell can fit together. Um I think there will be a little pushback from Kyrie and I think they got to move the Russell and tried to sign Another big name like Kawhi Leonard Jimmy Butler um, Who else Durant? Um, I think they got to go after one of those guys um, And I really like the possibility of that happening. I think the Nets are going in the right direction um, Hopefully Kyrie Irving um, Steps it up in the playoffs this year Because um, if he if he fails if he flops again like he did this year um There's going to be a whole... It's going to be... It's going to be rough for him going forward. Uh, But, yeah, I like what the Nets are doing. And I I totally agree with their decision to let DeAngelo Russell walk. If they don't get Kyrie Irving. Or if they get Kyrie Irving. Next up, I want to talk about the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Durant and Clay Thompson both got injured um, in the NBA Finals. Right before free agency started. Which is really, really tough. That just sucks. So the Warriors have a big a big decision to make. Um, it sounds like they're going to offer both the max contract, um, which I think they should, um, and then with both uh, reportedly being out for the entire year next season, the Warriors will then um, just roll with what they have now. I guess I assume they'll sign some um, role players try to surround Curry with some shot creators, give give him a little bit more help, um, and they'll go into the season um, with expectations of hopefully being able to make it to the finals, um, but if they don't win it, I think they'll be okay with that, and they'll come ready the season after that, in the 2020-2021 season. Uh, but I wholeheartedly agree that they should definitely try to resign both Durant and Clay Thompson. If Durant walks, then... I think they're in a really good position going forward where they can re-sign Klay Thompson, uh, which is which um, his dad, Michael Thompson, has kind of said that that's probably likely. Um, and then they can sign guys, maybe Chris Middleton. Um, they can add some shooters, some shot creators, like um, they can add Seth Curry as a backup point guard. Um, they can bring on Bogdanovich. They can bring on Jeremy Lamb. They can bring in a lot of a lot of role players, and they can create a really really good team. Um, also, with Demarcus Cousins, if they can sign him for like a 10-year, con- like a 10 million a year contract, I think they should because I think he showed a lot of promise in the NBA Finals. There were times where he looked unplayable, uh, but he did look good, and I think 10 million dollars is not a bad price for Demarcus Cousins. Uh, Now, with Looney, they should definitely re-sign Looney for whatever it costs. He was great in the playoffs, and I love him. I really like him a lot, and I think the Warriors need to do whatever they can to re-sign Kevin Looney because he provides a lot. He's great in pick and rolls. He's a good defender and a good rebounder, and I just love him. Um, So, I think they got to do whatever they can to re-sign him. Uh, Now, if the Marcus Cousins leaves the Golden State Warriors, I think he should either A, or I think he will, um, either go to the Lakers or go to the Knicks. Um, I think the Knicks, with the Knicks missing out on Zion, um, and Kyrie, and most likely Durant, with them most likely missing out on all three of those guys, which really sucks and it's really predictable. um, I think they may try to overpay for the Marcus Cousins. Give him, like, $15-18 a year. Um, because, I mean, missing out on Zion, missing out on Durant, and missing out on Kyrie really sucks. Um, it's really hurt the Knicks. Um, in terms of, like, what the dynasty they possibly could have had if they got, um, Durant and Kyrie at least. So, with them, with with them not getting them, I think they'll, they'll panic, they'll hit the panic button. And they'll try to sign Marcus Cousins for a lot more than it's worth. Um, but... Um, I, I don't think Cousins will stay because I think a team will overpay for him. And my guess is that he will go to the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, speaking of the Lakers, um, I think after this trade uh, for Anthony Davis, the Lakers, the Lakers should um, not sign another Max player. Um, here's why. So, the Lakers have LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Kyle Kuzma as their core right now. Then they have a couple of other role players. Not really anybody else. Um, except Alex Caruso, who's the greatest basketball player alive. Um, everyone knows that. Um, and reportedly, they're going after Kimball Walker heavily. They're, go- they're really going after him strongly this offseason. Um, and I think instead of doing that, um, which would require uh, the Pel- the Anthony Davis trade to happen, um, on July 30th instead of July 6th which I don't expect to happen um, and so I don't think they're gonna have the money to get Kimba but if they do get that money I don't think they should get Kimba um, I think they should use that money on role players get a bunch of shooters get Danny Green Seth Curry is a good option uh, Dwayne Demer in Atlanta he'd be a nice option He's a good shooting. Um, he's a shooter, or he can stretch the floor um, from the center position. I really like him. Um, he got from Jeremy Lamb. Uh, who else? There's a couple more names I was thinking of. Uh, I'm trying to think. Daniel House. I think they should use that money to get some shooters, maybe some freebie guys like Thomas and Felicio would be a bad option. Get some guys, and if they do that sign a couple of role players, sign some shooters, I think they will easily win the championship next season um, and probably get two or more rings after this trade, if they make some smart decisions free agency. Now, if they don't do that, and they get Kemba, I think their chances of winning a, a ring actually go down um, when I take into, when you're taking into consideration uh, the in, how our injuries that LeBron Anthony Davis will probably um suffer because Davis is injury prone. LeBron is getting older, his body's starting to break down. Um, and if they sign Kimba and they just have a lot of not very good role players and guys that just aren't aren't really shouldn't be on a on a on the NBA court in a playoff game, I think they they can struggle and they could possibly be a second round exit. Um, they may not even make the finals if they if they sign into the max guy and then injuries really hurt them. So I think they should go along the route to where they should to where they sign role players, get some nice depth, surround LeBron and Anthony Davis with guys that really complement their play styles, and I think that's what they should do. Now to end this podcast, this is a pretty short podcast. Um, but to end this podcast, I want to start doing this thing. Um, I'm gonna create a schedule for this podcast. Um, and I think the, the schedule I want to do is like have an episode up on Monday and Friday. Um, but anyway, ne- I think next uh, next time we put up a, an episode of on the, the Ball podcast, I will have a schedule ready. Um, but every Friday, I want to uh, take a look at some really bad takes I've seen throughout the week on Twitter. Um, and I have a few I have a few here. Um, first off, this is on Twitter, and it said, somebody on Twitter said, Bron is 35 in December. We're talking about how a 35-year-old vet with 16 seasons of mileage, 13 playoff runs where he never went home in the first round, and 9 finals runs on his odometer is primed to make a go at another ring. The greatest to ever effing do it, man. Ever. Um which is really funny that he uses his age to prove that he's the GOAT. When, at 38 years old, MJ won the championship and won MVP, and then after winning the championship, retired, and a few years later, came back and averaged 20 points per game as a 40-year-old. Um, That's incredible. Uh, I, I understand what this dude's saying, but, like, Okay, like like, at 35 years old, Jordan was, was on his way to another three-feet. So I don't understand, like, how this makes LeBron better than Jordan when Jordan was seriously doing the same thing. Jordan wasn't just primed um, to make another finals run. He was. Like, he made finals runs. He won three straight uh, championships from 95, 96 to, 19, to from 1997 to 1998. So like this this post makes like no sense uh, when you take into consideration that that like you can make you can make the same point when you talk about Jordan. Uh, next next thing I have next take I have. Um, so this is talking about uh, Kawhi Leonard. Someone says he's one of eleven players in NBA history to win multiple Finals MVPs, and someone said, "Wow." He was great for seven games, and someone said, "You can't be serious." And the same dude who said he was good for seven games said, "Being good in seven games means nothing." I cannot, I cannot explain how stupid this is. Okay, um, I don't know what he means. Seven games, I. I don't know if he means in this series, which he this series didn't go seven games or whether he's talking about twenty fourteen and this year. I don't understand where he got seven games from. Um, obviously this dude's an idiot, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Being good in the NBA finals consistently every game is impressive. And being able to elevate your game and play at a high level consistently for um a maximum of seven games against the same opponent over and over and over again, it's spectacular. Like, the best players of all time all step up their game um, in the NBA Finals, and if you can do that, you are a, a different breed. You're a star player. So, being good in those seven games doesn't mean nothing. It's huge. So, this, I don't know what this dude's talking about. Now, this, um, this dude is actually, um, uh, not, like, extremely popular on Twitter, but I will see him a lot. Um, he, his name is Kit. Vin- he says, everything from... Ni- okay, hold on. Before I start this, this is one of the dumbest takes I've seen of all time. Or the dumbest things I've seen on Twitter ever. Everything from 1987 to 1993 is what I judge Jordan by. As far as I'm concerned, he never came out of retirement or I should at least say him coming out of retirement is irrelevant to me. Huh? What are are you serious? So so, according to vintage, or A P twenty three, everything, um, everything that Jordan did after nineteen ninety three just doesn't matter. His his second threepeat doesn't matter. His seventy two, um, win regular season. Doesn't matter his ring his game winner in game six in the 1998 NBA Finals doesn't matter Are you kidding me his? At 38 years old him winning an MVP and then winning NBA championship doesn't matter Okay, that's ridiculous. So we're just gonna we're gonna take the first uh, We're gonna take six years of his career and judge Jordan Vest on that and we're gonna take this this Little section of of Jordan's career, where he won three rings, um, three Finals MVPs, and we're just going to take that out and act like it didn't happen. That is stupid. That is ridiculous. I mean, I've never seen something so stupid. I mean, that is hilariously bad. Um, anyway, those are some terrible takes I saw this week or that I've seen the past couple of days. Um, and I thought those were really funny. Anyway, um, that's the end of this podcast. Obviously, uh, the NBA draft is coming up soon. It's going to be on It's on Thursday. Can't wait for that to happen. I think from between today and Thursday, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do a podcast about the NBA draft. I'm going to do some research for that, um, and I'll have that up before the NBA draft. But anyway, I hope you all enjoyed this, and I'll see you all next time. Peace.